1: It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You can just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com host.
2: It's brand new season two.
1: Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing entrepreneurship versus working for the man.
0: So right off the bat, you hear that title, you hear what we're going to talk about, and you know which uh, which camp you fall into. You know, <laughs> at least currently, you are either working for the man or you are working for yourself. We're not going to say that one is necessarily better than the other, but there are a lot of different factors, a lot of different things to consider. And that's what this episode's all about, man. We talk about entrepreneurship a good deal. Uh, and so we're going to make sure that we address this one as fairly as possible. I am excited to talk about this with you, my friend.
1: Yeah, man. It should be a good topic. And it's something that, that weighs on a lot of people's minds. I think, in particular, right now, right. with kind of some of the uncertainty in the job market, it's like, well, and on and also a lot of small businesses that have had a difficult time uh, lately. So, yeah, entrepreneurship sounds great in a lot of ways. Um, and it is great in a lot of ways, but there are a lot of entrepreneurs having a tough time. There are also a lot of people in a traditional career that maybe have found themselves stuck. So yeah, there there is a lot to cover on today's episode should be a good one.
0: Yeah, one of the things you deal with when you are an entrepreneur is your printer not necessarily working the way you want it to. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to beat it into submission, uh, office space style. <laughs> uh, you and I, we have a little printer down here in the studio that we use to print out our outlines, you know, to print out some notes for our episodes. And over the past, what, maybe two or three weeks, it said, warning, low toner. And we keep side eyeing the printer, like, really? Like, there's actual <laughs> low, low toner? I mean, still, it still looks really good. The, it's still black exactly. on the paper there, the ink is. And until just recently, I went to go hit print, and it said, replace toner. <laughs> like, literally, you're not allowed to print until you do it. It was fine. And then all of a sudden, the next time I try to print on it, it said, nope, can't do it. Replace your toner. And you and I, we didn't like that. And so I called the printer's bluff. I went online and figured out what's going on with the printer here. And I found out, man, that there is a setting that you can go to on this printer. This is a brother printer. And you can go down to settings, go to replace toner, and you select continue instead of stop. And basically, the I guess the printer is programmed to stop after a certain number of uses, even if there is still toner uh, in the cartridge. And so, man, this is kind of ridiculous, right? It's it's such a small barrier to figure this out. I think probably a lot of people maybe who are listening know this but at the same time maybe especially if you are working for the man you are in an office and it says replace toner you're probably like, okay you and just open it pull it out throw it in the trash and you're spending money on a, a brand new thing of toner
1: when you don't necessarily need it and yeah it makes me think of using up that last little bit of toothpaste <laughs> and yeah there's something just gratifying about using all of, of what's in there and uh yeah with uh with the, the printer in particular knowing that there's a quick bypass in order to I mean I don't know how many extra pages of printing we're going to get out of there maybe 100 maybe 150 like that was that was a week ago now that and you and I, we've continued printing since then but we'll see how long it actually lasts man it might be a while yeah yeah so uh, i love that any any way we can get the full usage out of the thing that we've bought and not throw it away prematurely is good in my book, right? Yeah. Well, so back into episode 266, we talked about planned obsolescence and we specifically talked about
0: printers. And I feel like this is such a clear way that companies out there are like, let's make sure sure the quality of your printing remains top notch. Uh, And you're going to want to pull that cartridge. You want to pull that toner out before it's completely gone. But man, this is one area uh, that you and I, we do not care if it's top notch. That's right. Toner is not our craft beer equivalent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's our way to fight back against some of that planned yeah. obsolescence, right? Like that toner cartridge is not obsolete yet, but we will use it until it actually is. Yes. And so that's <laughs> something, if you're out there and
0: you've never heard of this before, just Google whatever model number you have on your printer. And if if you think you're, uh, you've
1: been victim to this practice, you can go in there and figure out how to extend the life of your toner. There you go. All right, Matt, let's get on to the beer that we're having uh, on the show today. This one's called Realities, and it's a triple IPA brewed with honey. And it's a collaboration beer between Dissolver and Good Word Brewing Company. Good Word, close to us in Atlanta, and Dissolver uh, is up in North Carolina. That's right, man. Uh, this one's got some crazy can art going on. We can talk about it as well as uh, the way this beer tastes. We'll do that at the end of the episode. But first, man, let's get to the topic at hand. Yeah, let's do it. We're talking about entrepreneurship versus Working for the man, and I guess you know one of the questions that a lot of people have, especially as you're maturing in your career, is should you work for the man or should you work for yourself? Uh, Which one is going to be better for you over the long haul? And there are a lot of things to consider when you're asking yourself that question. And there's also not necessarily a one size fits all answer. It's not like everybody you know fits into to the same categories, Um, and so there are a lot of things to consider, there are meaningful trade-offs depending on the choice you make too. So we're gonna to try to cover some of the important things that you should think through when you're trying to decide whether or not you should be starting your own business or whether you're better off in the traditional working world as an employee of someone else's business. And this question feels, I think, even more relevant, Matt, given the circumstances we find ourselves in with some people being furloughed from a business or Lego completely, uh, industries kind of in turmoil. Um, Certain sectors are doing incredibly well. Other sectors of the economy are suffering tremendously so in this time of immense change hopefully this episode can help you think through what you want your future to look like in regards to work uh, whether that's working for yourself or working for the man
0: yeah and let's go ahead first and uh, clear up some misconceptions you know I feel like entrepreneurship uh, it's kind of been put up on a pedestal in our society we hear a lot about startup successes and you know unicorn companies that soar to billion dollar valuations but those stories man are obviously the exception they are not the rule most people they don't write about their massive failures so we tend to to have a a view of entrepreneurship that doesn't quite align with reality right and then at the same time too i think we're even guilty of that to a certain extent here on the show you know listeners will often hear us talking about ramping up your side gig into a full-fledged business uh, but taking the entrepreneurship route doesn't come without its risks and its hardships it's not for everyone and maybe uh, more folks should stick with a traditional job you know so let's go ahead and dig in and discuss the benefits, uh, the
1: trade-offs,
0: and more of each of these routes.
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So yeah, yeah, there are a few things to consider, kind of these bigger overarching things before we get into the specific trade-offs that you're going to make, depending on which route you go. And then one of the first things to consider is that not... Everyone has this option. Not everyone has the ability to choose whether they want to become an entrepreneur or yes. whether they, they want to work for somebody else. Yes. Some folks are just happy to be working at all right now. Right. Completely, completely. And, and yeah, so we understand in particular, given the current state of things in, in the economy, a lot of folks don't necessarily have a choice that they can make. And starting a business, it often takes time and some resources at your disposal. At the same time, though, Matt and I would encourage you to go back and take a listen to episode 247 with Alan Donegan. Because you can start a business for $0 or, or close to it. And I think that episode well, was really helpful to to see things in a new light. We all often think that starting a business requires a lot of resources and a lot of money up front. And that's just not always the case. There are some businesses that can get started with a little elbow grease and, and next to nothing when it comes to money.
0: Yeah, and another consideration is your age, right? How old are you? Uh, the average age of a first-time entrepreneur is between thirty-nine and forty-two, depending on what study you're looking at. Uh, the entrepreneurs that fail most often, though, are in their twenties, and that's often because of a lack of experience and knowledge. We learn a lot uh, through working for the man, you know, at least for a period of time. So that's a an argument for working a nine-to-five. But on the flip side, when you're young, you know, you have less to lose, you have fewer responsibilities and others counting on you, especially if you don't have a family yet and your expenses are minimal... It can be a great time to, to run with that dream that you have and to build your own business. I know when Kate and I started our own company, man, we were in our 20s. We had zero debt. And so for us, man, that was one of our motivators. That was one of the things we kind of kept going back to. Uh, if not now, when? You yeah, know, like yeah. there's going to be no better time than, than right now for us to pursue something like this.
1: Yeah. If you have a mortgage and multiple children and all these other things on the table that you have to provide for, it becomes a, a riskier proposition. And so, yeah, the, there's that kind of dual-sided way of looking at things (laughs) of is it easier to start later in life or is it easier to start earlier? Um, And and I think, yeah, it's an interesting thing to consider. It's also important to ask yourself, what's your temperament? Some people are just wired to do their own thing while others lack the risk-taking ability. And some people just work better in a group setting. And Matt, I'm one of those people, right? So I, I don't think I ever would have started a solo business. If it meant me going out on my own and developing something solo, it's just not going to do very well because I work better in a group context. Starting a podcast with a best buddy, though, that was a different proposition. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I can do that. We can build this. At least one other person. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As a team. And I think that is something that you need to keep in mind. If you're the kind of person that's easily defeated, doesn't necessarily work well solo, then you know, starting a, a solo business, uh, becoming an entrepreneur um, alone is is probably not best for you. You got to know yourself. You also gotta know uh, what skills and what knowledge you
0: possess, man. You know, if you're looking to to take the entrepreneur path, then you're likely going to need to have or, or be willing to acquire, right, a certain level of business acumen. You know, this is true of a lot of our photographer, uh, of our creative friends. They love the creative part of working for themselves uh, and doing something artistic. But developing the, you know, like the sales and the administration side of things can often come a little bit more slowly, you know, uh, maybe with a a lot of
1: difficult learning moments. And so that's definitely something to keep in mind as well. Yeah, you might be a great artist, a great photographer, a great baker, but you got to realize there's a couple of the things you're going to need to learn at the same time. Baking awesome cookies is is a great first step, but, but then, yeah, you do have to to develop that business acumen at the same time, and obviously, with a, a more traditional job, it's a lot easier to have a very specialized skill where you can focus on on the things that you're good at. It, like if you bake great cookies, working in a bakery, you don't have to worry about the business side. And then you can leave it to your employer to handle the sales, client services, payroll, insurance, basically all the things that might be a nightmare for others. The things you might want to completely avoid. There's nothing wrong with either of these approaches, but it will affect the type of work that's required of you and that's important to know before you launch a business. Just because you're great at a particular skill doesn't necessarily mean you have what it takes to become an entrepreneur, or that you really even necessarily wanna go down that path.
0: Yeah. All right, man. So those are some great questions for us to run through and for individuals to think about before we even dive into the weeds of entrepreneurship versus working for the man. But after the break, we're going to talk about some specific uh, factors and you know some of these different trade-offs that we have to make when you are deciding between entrepreneurship and running your own business versus a more traditional nine to five. And we'll get to all of those right after the break.
4: Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super-serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best-fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. And now a word
1: from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Alright, we're back from the break. We're talking about entrepreneurship versus working for the man. And and either one of these routes can be good depending on, like we said, it's your temperament and you, the skills and knowledge that you possess. We, we talked about some of those broader overarching things. but Let's get to some of the specific things that you need to consider before you dive in and you, you make a decision before you decide which one's right for you. And, and uh, Matt, obviously, the number one thing that people w- are going to want to consider is what kind of income can you make w- being an entrepreneur versus working for the man? It's at the top of the list, man. It's a big factor. <laughs> it is, it is. that That's going to, of course, influence people in the direction they go in. A, a day job will give you a steadier paycheck. Most folks who have a nine to five might not realize how great this is, but it's a pretty amazing thing to know that you're going to be receiving a certain amount in every paycheck every single two weeks or at the end of every month, however you get paid. But also, there are limits to that. You're only getting paid as much as your employer is willing to pay you. Raises are typically more limited when you're working in a 9-to-5 context, uh, I know my that employer- raises
0: that kind of match inflation a little bit. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
1: really, you're not really getting a raise. Essentially, in my last 15 years of being employed for the man, it's been... Uh, it's like an annual conversation where it's like, uh, yeah, the, the max we can give you is a 2% raise this year. Um, but you've been working so well that, yeah, we, I think we can give you the 2%. Um, and I, I feel bad for anybody who's like, you haven't been working that great, so you get the half a percent raise. it would be terrible. But that's like totally normal in the corporate context these days, especially with a lot of larger employers. So it's not that you can't negotiate. Um, it's not that you can't try to move up in the company. And we've discussed some of those things before on the show, but the earning potential upside is often far more limited in the corporate context than it is if you choose the entrepreneurial route.
0: Yeah, conversely, starting your own thing is—it's uh, more of a an eat what you kill approach, right? The earning potential there is limited only to what your your industry would allow, not your company, and as well, uh, you know, to the time and effort that you are willing to put into it. You know, the sky is essentially the limit in many ways to the income that you can produce when you own and run your own business. But, you know, too, man, one of the biggest downsides to to starting your own business is that income can be highly irregular and and inconsistent. You know, especially early on, it can be difficult not only to have the systems in place that, uh, you know, that ensure that you have a, a steady paycheck, but additionally, it can be really hard to have enough in reserves, you know, to ensure that you get paid every single month. Versus, you know, a, a sort of thing where you get a fat check, you know, maybe once every few months. <laughs> For a lot of folks who are used to getting that paycheck every two weeks
1: or once a month, uh, this can be a, a pretty big shock. Yeah, that's a great point, man. I think, especially as someone is deciding to move into uh, an entrepreneurial role, quitting their day job and starting their own business, they really do need to think about having you know more money in the bank so that they can weather some of those storms because it is going to be different, right? <laughs> your your yeah. inconsistent pay is a hard thing for a lot of people who are used to working in a corporate context, who are used to getting paid every two weeks to kind of figure out and get accustomed to. And who may not be
0: used to managing their, their own personal finances very well, right? right? Yeah, you know, yeah. if they're just counting on sort of like that trickle of money uh, every two weeks, it might be a little more difficult to, to get behind. Okay, what do what the next three months of living look like? Like, yeah. let alone, it's hard to do that when you're not very good at, you know, even managing two weeks at a
1: time. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, so, Matt, you, you kind of touched on this just now, too. Another really important consideration when you're deciding which route works best for you is the time and balance side of the equation. Uh, day jobs, I think, in a lot of ways are easier than taking the, the entrepreneurial route. A full-time day job often allows you to check out after 40 hours of work each week. That's not always the case, of course, but but it is for a lot of jobs. Nights and weekends are likely yours to use how you'd like in many nine to five contexts. Plus, in a lot of jobs, you've got two to four weeks of vacation. Right? It's a decent lifestyle that you can plan pretty well around, whereas entrepreneurship can kind of take over your life. You mentioned the "eat what you kill" approach, yeah, and I think because of that, sometimes it's hard to shut things down and it's hard to find much balance in in your life because you can let work take over and expand to uh, as much as you'll get it. Yeah, it's definitely
0: able to uh, grow to fit that fishbowl, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> that that goldfish that's in there. And man, like I I often you know refer back to when Kate and I started our own company, but we 100 fell victim to this right here, man. Like I swear, the first four or five years, folks would ask. Well, you know how the business was going and like what we would say is like oh it's going great but it wasn't until after that uh that we were able to kind of look back a little bit and what we realized is was that the business sort of felt like this runaway train you know like it, we felt like we were constantly trying to catch up to it versus us leading and guiding where the business went uh and that's because like we were excited about it and that's great to be excited about it but at the same time it truly can uh kind of dominate your life man and another consideration you, you know you mentioned how like salary is probably one of the top things to consider when you're you know, considering entrepreneurship or, or working a, a traditional nine to five. But if that's first, then a very close second are the benefits that you receive from working uh, a nine to five. That's you know? true. If you go the the entrepreneurial route, health insurance is expensive because you are footing the entire bill. Oftentimes, I, I do think this is something that keeps people from going down the path of entrepreneurship a little bit more. There are some routes you can go for this to, to be you know, less of a thorn in your side. Like, does your spouse have health insurance through their work? if so great you know or maybe your income is is you know low enough that you qualify for some meaningful subsidies on the healthcare exchange like that's cool too but if you are paying full price for healthcare just know that it's going to be a, a lot of money the average annual premiums for a family are around $20,000. And typically, when you're employed, your employer covers a lot of that. And yeah. so
1: know that that's an expense that you're going to be now burdened with. Yeah, a lot of employers covering 50, 60, 70 plus percent of the health insurance costs. And and yeah, it's a big shock when now it's all <laughs> on
0: your plate. Easily, yeah. Uh, and you also won't have a company match You know, when it comes to retirement benefits. But you do have access to tax-advantaged retirement accounts that can allow you to invest a whole lot more as well. With a SEP IRA, you can... Invest up to fifty seven thousand dollars every single year uh, in a tax deferred account. That's a little trick that your four hundred one k doesn't
1: have. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, four hundred one k nineteen five is, is your personal contribution limit. Seems pretty piddly compared to <laughs> the, the, the SEP IRA. Yeah, if you're a baller and, you, and you're making tons of money, you've ramped up income like we talked about, and you want to invest a good portion of it and live modestly. Uh, yeah, you can quickly um, invest a whole lot of money have at it yeah Uh, yeah and on the note of benefits matt uh, obviously if you're employed traditionally there's the health insurance thing and we talked recently on the show about some of the great benefits that companies are now offering their employees i feel like companies over the last decade have been offering all sorts of interesting new benefits that creative out there they are they are so yeah pto to go vote or, or even volunteer at the polls was was something that is something that it seems like more employers are offering this year in particular Google announced that they're matching 2500 for student loan debt payments. And other companies are, are taking student loan debt seriously as well and, and creating similar incentives. And even just like the small perks, the small benefits of like free coffee in the break room. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know that that's something that's on people's minds these days, uh, working from home in, in many ways.
0: Low note with a couple of granola bars there in the break room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: that was nice, man. I I will say I miss that. Like I miss going into the break room, grabbing my coffee. That was one of those small perks. but it felt real and legitimate. And uh, Remember, we're our own bosses. We can have coffee down here too, bud. That's a good point. We can. (laughs) Let's do it. All right. We're just cheap. (laughs) (laughs) We need to make that happen. But yeah, those those are all the kind of things that employers are getting creative with the kind of benefits they're offering. And now if you want these benefits, they're up to you. You can... Pay yourself to go vote, I guess. Um, th- but you're going to have to be proactive about kind of giving yourself some of these perks, just like Matt and I need to do, getting some coffee down yeah. here, right? Stop <laughs> being cheap. Those are the kind of things that you can incorporate. Um, but it's not this benevolent employer essentially providing it for you.
0: Yeah, it feels a little bit different when it kind of comes out of your own pocket versus uh, your employer covering the bill, right? Right. Right. <laughs> One other thing, too, man. The the degree of autonomy and the ability to to work when, how, and and where you want. That ranks pretty high up on the list as well, you know, when it comes to the different reasons that people want to leave their traditional job and strike out on their own. There's also the ability to to not have to deal with all the bureaucracy, you know, all those TPS reports that you used to have to file. <laughs> you don't have to deal with that anymore. No silly systems and busy work as well. There's typically less flexibility with a nine to five, man, although more companies are relaxing their work practices. You know, working from home has gained some real momentum, uh, but there's still something to be said for, for having set hours when you're going to work, when you know that stuff is going to get done. Uh, and I almost see that as, as kind of like a like a a benefit of a traditional nine to five because you kind of have that accountability. You, essentially, it's like when you go to work out, you have a trainer maybe kind of yelling at you, telling you that this is the workout for the day. When you are your own boss and you have a lot of flexibility, you've got to make sure that you stay pretty self disciplined in order to get the work done.
1: That's going to pay the bills. Yeah, that goes back to the temperament thing that we talked about at the beginning. You got to be able to set those goals, knock them down. You got to be a self-starter. You got to be able to motivate yourself to get going in the morning um, and to start crushing those goals. And and Matt, I think what you just said about bureaucracy is an important point. I think a lot of people, especially if they work in a larger business, they have like creative juices that they're not able to expend. And in, in large part, it feels like it's because it's this bureaucracy that they can't get past. And I think that is one of the number one reasons people leave corporate America to start something else. It's like, there are all these other things that we talked about. There are benefits to pursuing an entrepreneurial route, starting your own business. But some of it's just to feel a feeling and get out of a place where you feel stuck. And I think sometimes that that bigger corporate bureaucracy can, can make you feel that and, and just give you like the itch to get out of there. Yeah. You can feel stifled when you
0: realize that you're sitting there just spinning your tires and nothing is actually... you know Nothing is changing. And, and you can see the inefficiencies that you you can capitalize on and and strike it out on your own i I totally hear you man you're
1: like i've got good ideas but nobody's listening exactly (laughs) so yeah you're like i guess i gotta go do my own thing all right but we got a a couple more things to get to that you have to consider when when you're making that choice of becoming an entrepreneur and striking it out on your own uh, versus working for the man and also some practical steps if you find if you want to find out if entrepreneurship is is the right next move for you and we'll get to that right after this
4: Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super-serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best-fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories—
1: Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com.
0: All right, we are back from the break talking about entrepreneurship or working a traditional job, nine to five for the man. Uh, Joel, real quick before we kind of dive back into some of these, uh, you know, specific factors we want folks to think through. You want me to sing that Dolly Parton song? Let me hear it.
1: Working on
0: <laughs> No, I want to hear if you weren't uh, in the audio media space, right? If, if you couldn't talk for a living. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I want to eliminate personal finances as well. If, if you couldn't say maybe you couldn't talk but you could still write. <laughs> you still can't sit down with somebody and write out how you're gonna help them through with their personal finances. Uh, if you had to do something completely unrelated right now
1: uh, with with your life, uh, what do you think you would do? So my parents always said that I'd, I'd make a good used car salesman or a lawyer and um, yeah, I probably one of those two professions honestly like think so because they're based in some of the things that I love already in, in particular the spoken word, right Like I, I can just see myself in front of a courtroom arguing for you know a defendant or something like that. <laughs> So, I don't know, prob- probably something like that. So, maybe you'd be a DA. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: I would kind of, I think I could see myself gravitating and leaning towards uh, like contractor work. Like, in particular, people's homes, like spaces and how they use those spaces and different tweaks and changes. You know, not necessarily making things nicer, but like, how could you change this space to make it, you know, work for you better? Like, what are your goals? What are the things that you're trying to accomplish with this home renovation? You know, things like that you know we find a lot of gratification uh, a lot of fulfillment out of personal finance and talking about this and man we love hearing from our listeners and how they've been able to change their lives uh, but it's also you see it based on either hearing a voice memo if they mention it in a question or if they send us an email but to actually see something physical like something that you've built something that you've created man i really enjoy that as well yeah. like something that i've made with my hands it makes me really happy this is part of why like when we go to the beach i always bring along that little, that shovel this isn't a uh, this isn't like a normal kid beach shovel this is like a grown man's shovel that <laughs> <laughs> that i always take to the beach and i always spend like half of the day digging holes in the sand for the kids you That's know true. For the girls do. Yep. whether it be tide pools or rivers or castles you know or giant moats because i just i like doing that and then i like sitting back and ha- enjoying a beer and, and seeing what i've created yeah, I was curious what you're going to say. This is not something we've talked about before, but it's uh, something I've always kind of had in the back of my mind for me, personally, at least. Although, as I get older, too, my body starts hurting and I'm like, oh, it'd be tough to be a contractor. You know, it's like hard on the back, hard on the knees. <laughs> you could just be like a design consultant or something oh, like I can that. I could do that. Yeah. yeah, or an architect. There like, you go. I
1: feel like that's a little less uh, impactful on yeah. the body. I could I could totally see you doing that, too. Okay. For sure. Maybe. <laughs> All right, let's get to to a couple more things you have to consider when, when you're trying to choose between an entrepreneurial or a nine to five route and then we'll get to some practical steps. But but another thing that is just a, a, of massive importance that you have to consider when you're choosing which direction is better for you is the mission that you're trying to and that you can potentially accomplish. Matt, I feel like we were touching on this just before the break, but when it comes to entrepreneurship, you get to define exactly what it is that you want to spend your right, time doing, right. what you want to accomplish, those ideas that you bring to a meeting that might get shut down, they don't get shut down any longer because you run the business, right? Nice. Uh, so yeah, with a traditional job, you, you might get a degree of personal fulfillment, but the mission of, of the place you're working may not align with your personal mission as much as you'd like it to. So being able to define, create, and pursue the mission that resonates with you, I think it's just this priceless benefit of being an entrepreneur, of creating the exact thing you wanted to create and, and seeing whether it succeeds. On the flip side, though, not everyone knows what their mission would be if they were starting their own company. A lot of folks aren't even sure of what the perfect job looks like for them. Yeah, there's a lot of folks out there who are thinking, "I don't know. I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing right here." <laughs> you yeah. know, like they
0: haven't necessarily looked beyond what they're currently doing if they had the option to.
1: Yeah, and sometimes we have a personal mission that's separate from our work mission, and you know, we, we have things that we want to accomplish in life that we we can essentially get our complete mission fulfillment outside of the nine to five, and that's totally fine, too. I I just think for some people, they want their work to encompass that. And oftentimes, it's really hard to accomplish that outside of starting your own thing.
0: Yeah, I think there are a lot of individuals who kind of take that approach, right? Where they say, "Okay, I'm just going to work this job. It makes a lot of money, and I'm going to make sure that I'm personally fulfilled in all these other areas in life." But man, personally, I, I like there to be a little more overlap. You know, yeah. I, I want to see my life uh, kind of aligning with my career, with how I'm spending, you know, eight hours every single day. Like life's too short to <laughs> to only find fulfillment in the the eight remaining hours outside of sleeping and working. You know, like That's you only right. have a third of the day left to then find personal fulfillment plus all the other chores that you need to do <laughs> like there's just
1: lots of life that happens in those eight hours as well and yeah doesn't with, leave a whole lot left with kids and chores yeah that, that personal fulfillment amount of time that you it begins you, to dwindle you can pursue that yeah it, <laughs> it gets cut down to next to nothing i'd say <laughs> um job security that's something else that's important to
0: cover here uh it's job security is often considered i think rock solid when you have a traditional job But I think that is often oversold. You know, even in uh, non-pandemic COVID times, your job is never as solid as you think it is. But now, man, people in all sorts of different industries are finding that their job either went away altogether or at least, you know, for a short period of time. Man, there was an article in The New York Times about people in the airline industry you know, finally giving up on the prospect of working there for years to come and moving on. Um, many people are now realizing uh, that their job security wasn't quite what they thought it was. And they're learning this firsthand.
1: Yeah. I think if I worked in the airline industry, we've got friends in that industry, Matt. They've taken a long furlough or they've left completely. It's something I'd be rethinking right now. right? And these are the kind of questions I'd be asking myself. Yeah. Um, and, and job security is definitely an interesting thing to bring up. Entrepreneurship well, it obviously doesn't have the steady paycheck of the nine to five. We talked about that. You could maybe gain three clients and lose two others in the same month. But once you've developed your business a little, that job security is actually better, I think, in a lot of ways than a traditional nine to five where you could lose all of your income at once, like with, without a moment's notice. And most importantly, being an entrepreneur and calling the shots of your own business instills a sense of creative financial control over your life. It, it's basically the opposite of having a victim mentality. And so, yeah, I think I had this like hesitancy towards entrepreneurship for a, a long period of time towards starting my own business because that idea of losing the job security and the consistency of a nine to five, was a little scary to me but over the years as i've kind of gotten my feet wet in entrepreneurial endeavors i realized that it's not nearly as risky as it seems on the surface
0: yeah and plus just like that whole mindset shift you know like when you have your own business you're you're in the driver's seat so in essence i feel like like it builds a certain level of resiliency so when hard times do hit i think entrepreneurs are able to kind of adapt and to pivot a little more quickly than somebody who is used to being you know, told exactly what to do. Being in a more traditional job, you're you're used to thinking a little bit more creatively uh, when you do run your own business, for sure. And so, those are some of the different trade offs uh, that we are going to experience. You know, that folks are going to experience as they're out there debating between, you know, a nine to five or where they're running their own business. Uh, but let's talk now. Let's get a little more practical. Let's talk about some of the immediate steps to take uh, when it comes to kind of launching into entrepreneurship. And the first thing that we want to encourage folks to do is just to to dabble a little bit in it, you know? Make the time to do it on the side. Test out your 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 business idea before you take this massive leap, you know? As an entrepreneur, you're likely going to be working over 40 hours for a while anyway. So kind of get used to it by
1: dabbling a little bit on the side before you quit your job completely. Yeah, man, I feel like dabbling massively underrated. I dabbled in our friendship before I realized I wanted to be best friends, you know? Sure.
0: Well, I know you're saying that as a joke, but like, that's true though. You know, (laughs) like, like we are always kind of feeling things out. And so often in our minds, we think, okay, nine to five or entrepreneurship. It's one or the other. It's either black or white, but that's not the case. You're never friends or not friends with somebody. There is a whole continuum of friendship in between best buddies. uh, And I hate you. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's true. There is. (laughs) All right. So another, the next practical step, uh, we would say is, is important to take uh, if you're considering the entrepreneurship route is, is to find a community of people that will support you in it. We talk about this with real estate investing that joining a local real estate investors group can give you the confidence as well as some of the the know-how to, to make a smart decision and to make the right moves when it comes to buying rental properties. So finding that group of like-minded folks can help you glean those insights without reinventing the wheel, learning it all from scratch by going it alone. That group, that community can provide uh, the encouragement that you need along with some of the know-how. Yeah. And if you want to use some
0: marketing language, you can just call it your mastermind group. <laughs> get people really excited about doing it, right? Exactly. Uh, so along the same lines, uh, you can actually find mentorship when it comes to starting a business. Score.org man, is a great place to turn. This is an awesome free resource for anyone looking to start a business uh, and get personal help from a mentor who has gone down that path before. Uh, on their website there, you can, you can find someone locally based on your zip code. Uh, But due to COVID, you can even remotely connect with a mentor these days. And they make it really easy. Uh, You can search by keyword or by industry and you can get on there. And even, you know, this doesn't have to be uh, a mentorship or a, a, the kind of relationship where you do exactly what they say, it's also great too. just to like hear what somebody does have to say uh, just to kind of bounce some ideas off of them. I see this as a great way to kind of combat that temperament, drill that you mentioned before. If you find it difficult sometimes to work on your own, having a mentor is a great way, not only to, to get some insightful wisdom, but
1: also too, to have a friend, someone to bounce those ideas off of. Yeah, they can be a great sounding board and The fact that you can get a mentor for free is pretty sweet. Score.org is the website, by the way. Uh, And and the last practical step, we'd say, is to develop permanent skills. I think that's probably the best advice we can give, Matt, because young people will likely find themselves not only working for a large number of different companies in their lives, but also working in a bunch of different industries. Very, very different from the route that our parents took. Uh, Work is going to be much more fluid for millennials and Gen Zers than it was for our parents. So uh, we'd say look to develop skills that will help you transition well in the future, whether you're working for yourself or for someone else, right? Uh, Soft skills like humility and leadership, Hard skills like accounting or learning a second language are great things to learn. Those are skills that grow you as a person. They're not just work-related skill sets. So honing those things and developing uh, in your work career is going to help you, whether you go the entrepreneurship route or whether you keep working for the man in in a traditional nine-to-five job.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's the kind of mindset shift that allows us to look longer term versus focusing on like the immediate steps that folks might be tempted to take now in order to like earn a quick buck. Uh, so Joel, you know, we've talked about like the trade-offs of entrepreneurship versus a traditional 9 to 5. And you know, these are helpful to know before you dive in head first but it's also important to
1: take that plunge right maybe it makes me think about the polar bear challenge or whatever the guys that like <laughs> jump into the, in the ice. middle of the winter it's like sometimes you got to have that boldness of spirit to just like hop in the icy cold waters and sit there for a minute
0: you don't often see the guys just kind of easing into the, <laughs> the freezing cold water you got to go for it sometimes exactly uh and, and that's something we would encourage if you feel compelled to, to own your own business think through like what is the worst that can happen you know even if your business fails it's going to be a learning experience you can always start another one down the road. And if you realize that maybe a corporate job is, is more your speed, like what is keeping you from going back? You can always go back to corporate America. You've only got one life to live. So we would encourage folks to pursue their passions. And if you ever feel you know, like you're getting a little cold feet, think about the, the potential regrets. I know I definitely don't want to kind of reach the end of my life (laughs) or my working career, uh, wishing that I had taken some some steps. Had I been a little bit, you know, a little more emboldened, a little braver. I mean, at the beginning of the episode, we mentioned Alan Donigan. You know, when it came to you know how you don't need a lot of money to start a business or any money at all. Uh, And so it makes me think of uh, one of his life mottos, which was. Fail fast and fail cheap. And <laughs> so we would encourage folks to take that plunge, you know, don't overthink it. Uh, and at the same time, avoid that business debt. We wouldn't want you in that unfortunate position either.
1: Yeah, beginning that startup, starting your entrepreneurship career with, with very little or, or preferably no debt. I think it's great advice, Matt. Yeah, good point. But that was a fun conversation, Matt. Uh, Let's get back to the beer that we had on the show today. This one is called Realities. It's a triple dry hopped honey, triple India pale ale by Dissolver Brewing and Good Word Brewing. And so, yeah, buddy, what were your thoughts on this beer?
0: I really liked it, man. Uh, I will say this is a brewery. So it's Dissolver. And it's one of those cool spellings where they leave out vowels. So it's (laughs) D-S-S-O-L-V-R. Uh, but this is uh, one of the newest breweries there in Asheville. And Kate and I, maybe a few weeks ago now, uh, we took a little trip up to Asheville for the weekend. And this is one of the one of the breweries that we stuck our head in and, and checked out and see what was going on. And this is one of the beers they had on draft. And so I actually got to, This is the second time I've had this, buddy. I uh, had it on draft there with uh, my lovely wife. Uh, but I'm glad you and I got to share this one. But uh, yeah, so this is a triple dry hopped IPA. And we will say, man, it has a lot of ipa flavor going on on the front end i feel like you can definitely taste maybe some of that honey sweetness going on but at the same time kind of as it mellowed and kind of finished out it kind of ended on that little drier hoppy note it was a nice little one-two punch, and I'm glad this is a, a beer that you and I got to share, man. What do you think
1: about this beer specifically? What do you think about this uh, artwork? By that's the, the f- way, that's the kind of artwork I'd put on my <laughs> wall, man. You know that. That's that's my style. It's got the little kind of funky folk art vibe going on, um, and but the beer was great too, man. Like I, I actually I think honey, if it's uh, put in an IPA and it's well done, it can just add to the flavors going on. And I thought this one did. Like I thought the honey, it did lend it that sweetness on the front end. And so, yeah, just a a well-made dry hopped IPA with that local honey tossed in there uh, made for just a pleasurable drinking experience, I'd say.
0: And plus, it's good to have a beer that's got a lot of personality. You know, I feel like this is a a pretty unique beer. The can art's really unique. The actual brewery is super unique. Like They've got a pretty cool vibe going on. And so, you know, we'd recommend for folks to check out this brewery if you are ever up in the Asheville
1: area. No doubt. All right, Matt, that's going to do it for this episode. For for, uh, our listeners, if you want the show notes for this episode, links to some of the resources that we mentioned, just go to our website at howtomoney.com. Yeah. And maybe you are listening to this episode and you've been thinking for a while,
0: you know what, I'm going to start my own business. And maybe after listening to this episode, we have maybe just inspired you just enough that you're actually going to get the ball rolling. If so... You know, I think a cool place that you could let us know about your new business is over in Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a review, and in a review, you can tell us what you're planning to do with the knowledge that you've gained from this episode. What do you think about that, Joel?
1: I like it. And if you're particularly (laughs) planning on starting a brewery, uh, once you get your first beers canned, send us a few. We'd love to try them on the show. Yeah, And that is a plea, Matt, because we need more craft breweries (laughs) in this country.
0: I think a lot of folks might think you're joking, but that's actually true. I don't think we've reached a saturation point. You know, the way that you and I like to see craft breweries is almost as many as there are neighborhoods. You know, like I feel (laughs) like each neighborhood basically needs its own unique craft brewery, uh, just a place for people to gather and for uh, for folks to kind of hang out, even though we're not doing that quite as much these days. But maybe that's you. And maybe your new business is going to be a brewery. Love to see it. It'd be pretty rad. (laughs) It would be. Well, that's going to be it for this episode, Joel. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out.